The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. You know her art. Now you get to know the artist behind the brushstrokes as Ann Nielsen shares some difficult stories from her past. Truly trusting the Lord that he had a plan no matter what because I thought, oh gosh, you know, I'm never going to have that family. Those words spoken, I had to shred and truly trust that he has a plan for me. He does love me. He does, you know, cast that sin as far as the east is from the west. Next. Welcome to Life Today. I'm Randy Robinson. Tammy Trent is with me. And Tammy, I am so excited because we have a guest back with us today who's been on several times and she has just, she's blessed you guys and and we've heard Mm -hmm. some great feedback. And I think you're going to find today's program interesting because Ann Nielsen is our guest. You know her as the one who paints these beautiful images of Mm -hmm. angels. And we've got them in our studio, I've got them in our home, and my mother loves them. Uh, They're just beautiful. And we've talked a lot about Anne's art, and we've heard some stories, but she's really opening up in a recent book called The Brushstrokes of Life with her personal story. So this is your chance to really get to know the woman behind the beautiful artwork, and we're glad you're here, and so good to have you back on Life Today. Oh, I feel like this is home, and I'm so grateful that you invited me back, so thank you. Well, it it is your home, but while you're here, could you touch up this wall back here? Yes, I see, I see it. Yes, I can definitely touch up that wall. No, I, I appreciate the fact uh, that you've shared you know, your art with us over the years, but now you're really sharing your life. Yeah. What made you decide, this is a little vulnerable yeah. and scary, what made yeah. you decide to say, okay, it's, it's time? Gosh, it's been a long journey. And when I published the first coffee table books mm-hmm. and the journey just kind of took off, everybody saw the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really important for me to show that, you know, gosh, there's a lot of there's a lot of journey, um, yeah. a lot of brokenness in yeah. my past, a lot of choices that I made in my 20s. And I wanted them to see that no matter what, the hand of God was on me. But um, And I wanted to be transparent. Right. And it is, it has been a great journey. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been a lot of incredible divine appointments. Kathy Lee is one of my dearest friends. She wrote the foreword. Mm-hmm. But I want people to dig deep. And it's like peeling off those layers mm-hmm. and really connecting yeah. with someone. We walk around in a world where everybody wants to be beautiful and appear beautiful. Yeah. And you're like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm right. fine. But really, truly, how are you doing? Right. Let's, let's go deep. Exactly. So we go deep. I love that you do. And I felt like as I was reading your book, like I was really getting to know you, which made me love your art even more. But I wanted to know you. And and as you said, your journey started when you were a little girl. For those of us that don't know you, can you take us back to when that journey started where you can look back and go, this is where I think this started in my life that became an identity that I had to work through or forgiveness or that just made me a part of me that I didn't that didn't like about myself. Where did that start? So in the book, I talk about my parents' divorce when I was 
probably about five. Okay. And very traumatic, you know, any divorce is traumatic, but when I was around eight, I had a very powerful experience with Jesus. I, I can't explain it. It was almost like a dream. It was like he just came from and empowered my body, and I knew he was real. Mm. Um, I love the, you know, the footprints in the poem. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was framed next to my bed, and so that really ministered to me. No matter what I was going through, I knew that God was carrying me. But as a young child that, you know, had divorced parents, um, it was, it was, I was trying to find identity. Who, yeah. who was I? And I knew I also wanted to be an artist. I'm in the third grade. I wrote a paper, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be an artist. Fast forward. I was not the greatest student. I probably have dyslexia. I think I still do <laughs> a little ADHD, but, um, I, made a D minus in 10th grade art. How did that happen? What I did you draw that I gave was, you a D minus? I really think I was coloring outside the lines. I was not following the, the you know, protocol. Which is what we love about know, you. It I all know, started I then. And so, um, but still, as a teenager trying to find that identity, I had, mm. I believed in God, but I did not have that relationship mm. with the living Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that is so important. Yeah. We did, I went through all the motions. I wanted to be good. I wanted to do good. Um, that relied on me having to do all the work right. and not relying on Jesus, his grace and his mercy. And so it was a lot of just kind of wandering. And Did, did you struggle with Kind of coloring inside the lines in the sense of trying to please others or meet others' expectations? I probably did. I probably was a people pleaser mm. and not a God pleaser. And yeah, I probably did. I went on to college, and you'll read in the book, I found out recently that I flunked out of college. I thought I just kind of got tired of it and left after a year and a half, but I did find some paperwork that I did flunk out and my dad jerked me out of college. <laughs> surprise! Um, surprise! Um, I yeah, didn't want to go to class and I oh, kind of figured out that you had to go to class to get a passable grade. <laughs> right. So there's just a mm. lot of like, I knew, I knew God created me to create and throughout my elementary years and my teenage years and high school, I was always doodling. I was either, whether I'm sewing pocketbooks and selling them or making, you know, necklaces and selling them, I was always doing something creative. Mm -hmm. History class, I was doodling in my notes, not paying attention to the current affair events, but um, wow. hence a D in history. Right. What so, happened after college? How so did you transition? Yeah. I came back to Florida, where I'm from, Jacksonville, Florida. And I started working at okay. a clothing store, and then I got a real job, which I really thought was kind of, you know, cool. It was, I was a real estate-owned broker. I started out as a clerk, and then I worked my way, because I had great work ethics. Again, I wanted to do good. And then my dad saw kind of the, the wandering um, as a, I, was, I think I was 20-something, and so he sent me on an Outward Bound adventure, and that's where I came back, and I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an elementary education teacher. I finished college. I got my um, elementary education degree, went and taught school for one year, third grade. 
And then I started painting pottery, and I had a little pottery business on the side. And wow. that's when I started growing closer to the Lord mm. with devote. You know, I, I really was seeking Him as a personal relationship. And as you were starting to grow right there in the Lord, listening to the voice of yes. God understanding what that voice was, the difference between religion and relationship yeah. with Jesus. Did you find that you had to go back through things or trauma in your life oh. that you had to work through yes. to come on the other side of wholeness and freedom in Christ? Yes. And, and what did that look like? I've read some things in your book and in a specific story that just made me think, oh my yes. gosh, I cannot believe she had to go through that. But you've come to the other side of that, but could you share that so there was a lot of healing, and, and I said my mom was a prayer warrior, okay. and because of that, um, I really went through a lot of healing ministry okay. and prayer counseling okay. to really forgive, you know, some things that happened with my parents, okay. forgive myself of the choices that I made in my when 20s. When so. you found healing in your life, did your, did your art change? I think it was a gradual um, progression, but yes. And as I continue, it's a daily, you know, right. surrender back mm -hmm. to him. I watch and see what he does. He does immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine. Yeah. But I think my middle name was Control. I want to pick <laughs> yeah. that name up some time to time, but I like to mm. surrender that back to him. Do, do you talk about the abortion in here? I do talk about it, yes. Because that's... that's... Yes. It's deep. It's deep, yes. And so when I was, I, back to that, do good, be good. I wanted to be a virgin when I got married. And um, it didn't happen that way. I lost my virginity at 21 to someone who was my best friend, and I thought that that was it. And, um, and that didn't work out. And then um, there was... And then I would go back to, okay, God, I'm going to yeah. do it your way. But then the control kind of stepped in and I did it my way. Mm -hmm. And then I found out at 22, I was pregnant and okay. I had to go down that slippery slope that I was going to have an abortion. I knew that I did not want to be married to this person. And, and it crushed me because that was my dream to have a, you know, be married and to have a child and... Mm. But the control, mm -hmm. you know, I, I took control and I just going through those healing process, those prayers and that counseling. And this is what I want to read because this was mm. so important for me because for a long time I had a lot of guilt. Can I read this? Absolutely. Because it's so yes. powerful. Yeah. So my mom had a, she wrote a book called The Sword of the Spirit, The Word of God. But the Lord said this to her, that guilt destroys the soul for it completely negates my covenant with the people. I died on the cross for your sins and your guilt. Mm. Remember the scripture. I will acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity. I will not hide. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and the Lord will forgive the guilt of my sin. That's Psalm 32, five. This is exactly what I do when you confess me as the son of God. If you truly accept me and my word and repent, you will know that and be free of all sin and guilt. 
You will listen to me. You will follow my words, those words spoken to you in quiet moments and my words spoken to you through the scriptures. You will hold fast to those words and nothing will cause you to doubt. And this is important. Doubt brings distress. Distrust brings anguish. Anguish brings fear. Fear brings separation. Separation brings sin. Sin brings guilt, and that guilt brings sickness to the mind, body, and soul. Satan is the author of sin, guilt, and death. I am Lord and the author of life. Choose life, my child. That kind of, you know, after all my healing, because mm. it was, it was the process of, you know, forgiving myself for the choices that I made and that control of my life. And, you know, just truly trusting the Lord that he had a plan no matter what, because I thought, oh gosh, you know, I'm never going to have that family. Those words spoken, I had to shred and right. truly trust that he has a plan for me. He does love me. He yes. does, you know, cast that sin as far as the east is from the west, no matter what. I I want to ask you about something because the word transgression was in there. And and transgression is a sin, but it's also, it's not just, oops, I made a mistake. It's I knew something was wrong and I did it anyway. Mm. You love Jesus at this point in your life. Yes. You knew, you knew the abortion was wrong. That was a life. Mm. When you brought that to God, because we have that shame instinct yes. that is not of God. Right. We want to hide our nakedness. Right. We want to hide our sin. When you brought that to him, what were you met with? Just an abundance of grace and his glory that I cannot, I got goosebumps mm-hmm. sharing that. I can't describe. And, you know, I did go through naming the baby, whether it was a boy or a girl, I did give it a name. Mm-hmm. And I went through kind of just that visual of meeting Jesus and just the grace mm. and the compassion and the love. It's not like a rod and a, you know, he's not going to get his wooden spoon and spank me. He wraps us in his arms and takes us under his wings and he loves us, that relentless pursuit of my heart, because I did love God. I did want to be good, but it was almost like I kept him here and I was here. And I love the analogy. I shared this with a couple of people. If you can imagine a rope Mm -hmm. and I knew that I was sinning and I knew that that was not what God's plan is. And then when I did it, that rope was cut, but he comes back and he ties it back. And so we're this much closer, Mm -hmm. but I would do it again. Mm -hmm. And then he would cut. I I didn't have another portion, but I I would sin. I mean, whether it's worry or whether it's, you know, he cuts it and then he comes back and he ties that knot. So now we're here. Mm. And so I would like to think that we're, you know, so close, um, no one's perfect. You know, we all fall short. But his love is. But his and that's love what people is will perfect. Yeah. And his grace and his mercies and his forgiveness. And that's what he, Praise God. you know, just wants to draw us closer to him. Praise God. And he wastes absolutely nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. The messes that we created yes. from us. 
choices or decisions. I love that God doesn't waste it. He doesn't put shame on us. We've got to walk through that if it's there and, and find healing through that and, and forgiveness for and sure. not hide it. Like you said, yes. not hide it. We all want to come looking yes. like we're all fine and we're all perfect, but there's so much healing. It's so much healing when we surrender that yes. and we bring it to the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, here's all the pieces of my life. Can you do something beautiful with this? Can you put me back together again? And he looked at you, Anne, and he said, absolutely. And I'm going to make it more beautiful. And your art's going to be more spectacular. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Uh, That's really part so much of what I love about your story is through the the difficulty, the brokenness, Mm -hmm. just coming back and surrendering. Yeah. I mean... When you were at that, when you were at the most difficult point in your life, could you imagine all that God had in store for you and the way not only that your dreams would come true, but but the way you would bless other people? I had no idea, no idea. And it's back to that, you know, today it's just that surrendering back to him, what he's put in my hand, which happens to be a paintbrush. And I do love love to write, but, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. to surrendering it back to him. Many years later, I mean, many years, I've got four children now. I'm involved in a very intimate prayer group. And um, and I've dealt with, you know, God, you know, healing that part of the, the woundedness and that part of my journey. I want to get God out of that small box that we yeah. tend to, I tend to keep him in and yeah. just say, God, use me. Yeah. Use me for your glory. Use me for your kingdom. Amen. So, and every bit of your story, every bit. use it all. Don't use waste it, all. it. Use it all. Yes. And, he yeah. will. It. and he will not waste it. Yes. No, I think people will be blessed with uh, this book, The Brushstrokes of Life. Thank you so much for sharing. And, and thank you for, you know, not only blessing us with your art, but with, with your life and your story. Um, I, I want to send this book to you today. And the way that we will send this to you is if you will just surrender and say yes to the Lord as we reach out to give life to other people around the world. You can radically change someone's life for the better and do it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because that's how we operate. Watch this and uh, see how you can be a part. And when you do, you can request Anne's book today. I've just been talking to Monica and she's been explaining her story to me. story of her life, the story of how water has impacted that life. She's got five children, but then she explained that she's lost two of those children. She lost them because of exactly where we're sitting today, where we found her and what she's doing. She actually said, she said, this water Maybe it looks like it's clean to you. I've got to tell you, it doesn't look clean to me at all. But she said, maybe it looks clean to you. She said, but you don't know what's in there. And she explained how she lost two children because of waterborne disease. The pain was so evident when she spoke about the fact that, that she had lost these children. That's why she cried out to God as she said angrily, said, why didn't I die first? I can understand. I think you can understand. If we lost our children, I think we'd feel exactly the same. Why could I not have died first? But you know what else she said? 
She said that she dreams of having a water well here. Right now, what her immediate need is, is water. Monica's story broke my heart. I'm sure it's broken yours. But don't leave it at that. You can't leave it there. Because then all we're left with is three broken hearts. Yours, mine, and Monica's. And what Monica's left with is no future for the three children that remain. But if you'll act today, we can make Monica's dreams come true. If you give that gift to Water for Life, you'll be giving life for Monica, life for her children, life for the people of this area. No mother should ever have to bury her child, let alone two. When I sit here and I listen to that story with Isak, I just, I feel hopeless when I'm hearing the devastation. Um, and yet at the same time, I know there's a solution and it brings me hope to know that this doesn't have to be the rest of the story for Monica. We can go in there, we can drill a well for her family, for her children, for many other children in that village. We could change everything for them. We could bring them water for life. I don't want to see her lose another child. I want to help lift that burden from her life. And it's so easy. Giving her a cup of clean water could change it all, could bring her hope. I want to be a part of that. And Randy, that is what I love so much about this ministry. We don't just tell the sad stories, although there are many of yeah, them, are, so yeah. many of them, and they're real. We also tell the stories of what the difference it makes when we partner together and we go in and we drill these wells all around these different countries, these different places, and we change everything for these families. And I love that. Yeah, I, that's the only hope. I think we have in doing this because unfortunately Monica's story is not just one. It's over and over and over. Yes. And that's why we, we want to go into 20 different nations. We want to drill 350 wells this year. We can only do it when you support the water for life outreach. We have a choice. They don't oftentimes. That's why they drink that water. They have no choice. But we have the choice to say no to the death. No more small graves where children are buried. No more drinking water that is discolored and oily and full of impurities. No more no choice. We say, look, we have a, you have a choice. Yes, Here's yes. clean water. Drink of it. Yes. But that choice is only made possible when we come together and we say, okay, for $48, I'm going to give clean drinking water to 10 people for, for life. Mm. That's the average when we look at the, the global outreach of the program and the, the overall cost when we break it down. $48 will give clean drinking water to 10 people for life. A gift of $144 today will give clean drinking water to 30 people. That's 30 lives that may potentially be spared, definitely improved, definitely changed, not just by the physical water, but the love that we are extending to these people. Mm. People, strangers coming in. Why do strangers love us? They wonder, and we tell them it's because of the love of Jesus mm. Christ. Some of you can give an entire well. $4,800 is the average cost for one well that lasts an average of 70 years. That's why we say water 
for life. Tammy and I, my parents, all of us, the missionaries in the field, ESOC, the staff here at Life Outreach International, we are inviting you to be a part of something mm-hmm. great, mm-hmm. something beautiful, something life-changing, yes. something life-saving. Mm-hmm. Will you go to the phone or go online and make the best gift you can? When you do, know that you are a part of sharing God's love, not just in word. But indeed, and Tammy, I know. when you see someone like Monica yes, and, and you know that they're praying mm-hmm. for their own children, mm-hmm. to be able to be an answer to that prayer, there's nothing like it. That's why you see the smile on my <laughs> face, because I know, I know that we could change this. I know that if we come together, we partner together. Like you said, so many of us, we're, we're strangers. Some of us we've met, some of us we've never met. But it doesn't matter. The body of Christ, we come together and we say, here's my 48, here's my 52, here's my 144. Whatever it is that you can give, let's do it together. We partner together and we do something for the kingdom of God that is eternal and that will change lives forever. Let's do it right now. Go to the phone or go online and give the best gift that you possibly can. And let's do it together today. Every day, thousands of lives are lost to waterborne disease, and nearly half of those are children under the age of five. Through Mission Water for Life, you can give mothers hope and children a future as we provide clean, life-giving water for thousands of children and their families before it's too late. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish 350 water wells this year. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five children, A gift of $48 will help provide for 10, $72 will provide for 15, and $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With a gift of any amount, we'll send you Daughter, written by James and Betty's granddaughter, Lainey Renee. This insightful book invites all girls and women to walk in the freedom of their God-given identity and embrace who they really are. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Great is the Lord decorative blanket featuring the words of Psalm 145.3. This beautiful blanket is perfect for comfort in cold weather and a reminder of your help with Water for Life. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request our new bronze sculpture, A Cup of Water, inspired by Jesus' words in Mark 9.41. Please call write or make your gift online. We do hope you'll be a part of Mission Water for Life. It is a beautiful thing. You can have such an impact and Anne's book will impact you or maybe someone else in your life as a gift. Uh, and I hope that people will request it today when they make yeah. their gift towards Water for Life. Yeah, make sure to do that. I promise you, you will love this book. I have loved it and I've loved getting to know you, not just as the artist, but as the person. God bless you mm-hmm. for Thank every you. step you've taken, for every stroke you've yes. made. It has changed so many lives, especially yours. Oh. I know we love you and we love you. And thank you so much for watching Life Today. We'll see you next time.
in a world adrift. Fight the Good Fight by James Robinson and Jay Richards reveals the battle for our culture. Constitution shattered, heroes vilified, but hope remains. Unite, repent, and stand firm. Fight the Good Fight. I think that you have contributed to our health. See for yourself why laughter is often the best medicine. Tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.